Okay, there it is. We are recording. It's another night walk. Come on, bud. Go for a walk, bud. I'm not sure he's inside, but uh, come on, buddy. Come on. Let's do it. Okay, he's going to come. But it's 102.9% humidity. Just check the uh, weather on the phone app. And uh, wow, 2018, 1980s. You probably have to wait for the news, the weatherman, to come on at 10 or something and tell you what's going on. And then it's like, really? What? Huh? What does that mean? Humidity. Does it stay the same all day? Ah, it changes a little bit. It fluctuates. Just water vapor. Techno geek stuff. There's the gate. Maybe you heard the gate close. We're on a we're on a roll. So I got like three dips in. I just I did two dips, sit. It's comfortable for 15, 20 minutes, and then I gotta dip again. So now it's bud walk time. Moon is uh from half to three quarters. Quiet outside. Hey there's Russ. Friday night. Russ, what's happening? <laughs> Where are you headed, man, Russ? I'm going to go over and do a little... I got a buddy that plays guitar. Yeah? You going to have a beer, bud? Do a little mess, message with him. Yeah. Going to go jamming. All right. Yeah, I'll do a little music work. Okay, excellent. See ya. Yeah. So, Russ is the neighbor. And uh, Madeline, so they're cool. Madeline's, I think, is Canadian. So this is the opposite of uh, Winnipeg in the winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Winnipeg gets cold. Uh, so what else? It's uh, Friday night, and... Uh, been starting to go to the gym, so I, I uh, my, like apparently my body mass, was it, body mass index, I think it is, is like 27%, and so, you know, they do the calculation, I got like 60 pounds of fat on me, which you never get rid of all your fat unless you're like some super stud athlete like Lance Armstrong or something that's riding a bike every day, but... Maybe they get down to like four or five percent body fat or something crazy. I don't know. But here I am, and a, a nice goal would be to get down, lose 20 pounds of fat. And I'm talking to this uh, personal trainer who's trying to sell me on a program, and I'm like, I'm thinking, nah, I think I'm, I'm not going to spend that kind of money to do personal training. I don't. I might do a mini version. I don't know. I just don't like the idea of shelling out all that kind of money but uh, I'll probably get it I'll probably get a phone call tomorrow trying to sell me on it and I can see some value in it but I don't maybe not as much as uh, they think too much of a commitment of money <laughs> I'll go to the gym three times a week but I don't know if I want to pay what they're looking for that just fits in with my general cheap style that I have. Um, 
but yeah, the losing 20 pounds, it's kind of like, we were talking about like maybe a year, and I remember going like, well, you know, maybe maybe nine months, and then, of course, what's what, if, what do you think about when you think about nine months? It's like, you think about a woman having a baby, so I'm thinking I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to deliver twins in the next nine months. Two 10-pounders. <laughs> I'm carrying around twins. Oh, what a freaky, freaky mind. How about that? So, I'm carrying that fat. And so I'm working on my, my knees and, uh, you know, I, I got to put, put some lean muscle on and burn more calories. It's all that good stuff, but in some, I'm sure walking bud helps helps me uh, stay a little bit in shape. But it's not it's not really hard work to walk a bud. Um, so yeah, that's in process. Process that out. Uh, there, there's a uh, a new thing, or I mean, they're selling a lot of this 8.8 alkaline pH water stuff, and uh, it's about three bucks a gallon, so it's you know it's like milk, but we're starting to go through it, and it's a good idea for Christine. And now we're looking at a machine. You can buy these ionizing water machines and set the uh, set the pH. Looks interesting, and uh, but they're a bit expensive. But I you know if, you, if we're going to end up buying all this bottled water anyways and might as well make it and uh, so far actually notice a difference in the taste of that water it's getting the ph and the alkalinity or i think those are the same things basically <laughs> alkalinity is just one side of the scale of the ph scale which i think is zero to twelve and i think anything over six is uh no nah, i can't remember I, 8.8's got to be, well, no, it's, yeah, it's pH, 8.8 is a pH, but it's alkaline versus acidic. There's some, some cutoff point. So, so, yeah, maybe below 6 is acidic. Google it. You're doing it. You just listen to the podcast. You can Google it. All right, well, rabbit zone right by the gate. There it is. He freaks. Oh, there's a rabbit. Rabbit taken off buds buds spot the rabbit that that's where this is where the zone i should pay more attention where where buds likely to find either a toad or a rabbit his favorite spot right here so we're going out let's go bud come on so we're heading out Yeah, yeah. So, my friend got out of jail. <laughs> what, what a story. What a story. And he's humbled by it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a, being in jail is not a fun thing. Now, I have to confess, I've been in jail myself a couple times. Uh, course I'm not no, who's proud of it but uh, yeah I had one I ran a 10k and they, they had free beer Michelob Ultra never it was, it was crazy so I was like really happy to do this 10k and then when they start handing out free beer it, it gets pretty nutty right for me anyways I'm 
I'm kind of like a binger. So, and by the way, it is, what is it, June 22nd? And so I've gone a whole month of June without having any beer or wine or anything. So I'm pretty good, pretty good cutting that off. But yeah, so I did this 10K, it was 2005. So that's 13 years ago. And it was a Sunday morning and, you know, I felt happy that I did pretty good in the 10K, nothing outrageously fast but you know it's just a uh, six miles and there you go so free Michelob Ultra as much as you want and I was driving home about one and I, I had my cell phone I was talking to my brother and I don't know I was just just kind of high from endorphins from running and mix that with beer yeah I had too much and I dropped the phone on the floor as I was turning right on a road and there was a cop there saw me kind of swerving it's like sunday one o'clock sunny and uh but i just tipped her off and then i ended up in jail that really sucked <laughs> and i think let's see that's 2005 so that's 13 years ago my mom my mom's like 80 80 year old mother comes to get me out of jail and she's she's smiling and laughing and she's like oh this i think this is great Oh, I think this is great. Oh, <laughs> that's my that's my mom, eighty year old, getting me out of jail, or picking me up from jail. So that's nuts. So yeah, there's that, and then of course I had to go serve time, and they they for, fortunately it was a twenty four hour thing. So I think I went in at like eight in the morning one day and got out at eight in the morning the next day and. It's just, it's just humiliating and terrible. But I was actually in the better jail if you were going to be in one. But my friend was in the 4th Street jail. 4th Street, not a good jail, I guess. I was there too, for not for a DUI or anything, but just basic driving and undercover cop. And I decided, like, wait a minute, what am I, this, this guy is just, pointing at me through his windshield. What am I stopping for? And I did stop. And then I was like, I'm, I'm going to leave. This is dumb. I'm leaving. So I left and he chased me down again and got other cops and they took me down and threw me in jail for like resisting arrest. And I'm like, well, how do I really know that you're a cop, man? You just, you know, and it was kind of rush hour traffic on the way into work. And that was a funny one because I don't know, I was just miserable. And now I'm in a cell with like 12 people. It was just kind of nutty in there. And that's probably the same jail my friend was in yesterday. But uh, fortunately, I didn't have to stay overnight. It takes a while to process all these people. So they, I got processed. And I think I got a, an eye retina scan and a fingerprint and everything for this thing. So I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a documented <laughs> documented violator of laws or whatever so you know there you go it feels like you lose some of your freedom and independence and privacy of course right but the transparent life get your get your uh, get your eyes scanned get your get fingerprinted <laughs> I don't know which reminds me I need to go get my TSA pre-check thing so I can stop going, getting stuck at all these airports. I'll have to do that next week. TSA pre-check.
So, yeah, the funny thing about my Fourth Street jail experience was about eight o'clock at night. I finally get before the judge, and there's a judge going through like six, seven, eight people, and going through people's. We're all, of course, we're all in there for all kinds of crazy stuff. And so the guy asked me some questions. He's like, "Well, you can go." I don't even. I can't remember if anything even happened out of that one. I may have had to come back to court. I don't know. But the funny thing was, I get out. I take, you know, so I get out, but it's, they still have to process you out, right? So you got to go back and sit and wait, and then you got to wait another 20 minutes or so, and, and then I can't call anybody, and so then I, I get out on the street, and it's like, whoa, whew, I'm free, man. I mean, I'm out on the street, and I'm like, well, I got to call somebody, and it's going to take them half hour to get here. So I, I walk downtown, and it's the jail, the Fourth Street Jail is not too far from some nice restaurants. And I just have, I just picked some restaurant. I'm in there and eating, and I, I look over and I go, "Hey, there's the judge eating dinner." <laughs> and I, I'm like, "Do you remember remember me?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah. You were just in, you were just in, in in the jail, right?" And I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah. I I always there's always like one or two that you look at the crowd and you go like, this guy doesn't belong here, right? So." Anyways, that was pretty funny. The judge eating his like spaghetti or pasta, whatever he was having. <laughs> and uh, yeah, those are my kind of stories. I, I mean, I just, you know, I, I call it my Forrest Gump experiences. I just, I just seem to run into these things. Or I just, I, I like to remember them or I, I don't know what it is. It's just funny things happen right I mean that's that's why we're living right to experience joy and fun and humor I mean it's it's good it's all good so it's kind of dark here on this sidewalk walking the bud hopefully there's no snakes out here and um, I'm seeing some People put up like almost almost like Christmas lights on their patios, and I can see right into them. So they have these interesting blue-colored lights. Haven't seen those before. It's nice. Hey, bud, what you doing over there in that bush? Huh? I can't see what you're looking around for. So I actually wrote that story in an email today, which... Uh, I thought that would that would make a good story for the podcast, and uh, yeah, I appreciate the person listening too that I wrote the email to, and uh, this is kind of free writing, free blog posting, free blabbing, and free writing. Back to that, it's it's that is the a really fun thing to do um, is this writing. And I, I did write a, a first draft, they call it. So some of you may be writers and you're really into it. I'm, I'm learning as I go here. But uh, it, it, was, uh, it was fun for me because I'm kind of analytical. And so they said, okay, you got to get to like 70,000, 80,000 words, which sounds like a huge number, right? 70,000, 80,000, right? And, uh, and so then... I'm like, how do you do this? The whole work, writing a book process. I had some ideas, but I, it's like, how do I get them together? And the coach was like, well, 
you can just brainstorm all your ideas. And it was a really good process. Brainstorm all your ideas, get them out there, right? And then try to do like what they call like a linear organization. And then it was really fascinating. And then so I had these like little blurbs of different ideas I wanted to write about. So it may just be a phrase or something. And then and then you'd, you'd sit down with like a split, split screen. This stuff works great on a um, computer. But of course you could probably do it with paper too. Like you just have a piece of paper on the side and you look at your next item you want to write about. And what you do is you just, um, she had us doing these pomodoros, I call it, which is like a 25-minute time um, sequence or time dedication time where you focus for 25 minutes. And so you, I would just take that topic and or maybe it would take 10 minutes for one of them and I'd go to the next one and go to the next one. And so I was flying on the keyboard, just bla- blasting out all kinds of stuff. And uh, I got, I'm a pretty uh, verbose, she said, <laughs> writer. So, like, I can, that system just works for me to start the timer. And I'm, I'm kind of racing the clock or I'm just focused and I just, I'm able to blank out all other ideas for 25 minutes. And then I, I would, then quite often I would do, take a five minute break and do another 25 minutes. So essentially an hour. And I think with the word counts you can do in the computer, I was like, wow, I, I can do like 2000 words in an hour. So if you think 80,000, so I should be able to write a first draft with 40, 40 hours of, of doing this, right? So yeah, of course I spent maybe 10 hours getting ready to get to that linear organization method, but then another 40 hours, so like 50 hours to get a first draft. Now we're in first revision mode and editing and it's sitting there. Of course, I this, this book that I'm in the process of is, is uh, I, I think it's, it's significant in a spiritual way, but it also, goes with my angst with organized religion so it's kind of it's kind of good that way and um yeah and i i'm i'm kind of hyper i don't know what if it's really there is such a thing what's what's hypercritical i mean it's just what does that really mean hypercritical i i just listen to stuff and i every word should have meaning and maybe i'm just a word person i'm just into words, um, but not trying to be weird about it. But that—that's probably where my friend comes in. That's probably why I mean, he—he he has a really nice vocabulary. And he comes up with some words. I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so they're—they're <laughs> they're really cool words, you know. And I'm like, okay, I have to figure out. Well, that, tell me what that is now. What does that really mean? So it's just kind of fun, and we had, and you might as well use words, but they do communicate. And uh, one of my favorite quotes from the writing coach is like, "Well, you know, something about I have to go find it again." It was really good about the idea is that we can try to be perfect in our writing and get the research and know that we're right, but the bottom line is we want to set people's hearts on fire. You know, like, 
and that to me that's that communicating in the uh, emotional level the soul if you say if you will getting a, an idea across that you know and then here's the resonate thing right people use that phrase a lot but really that that really resonates with me <laughs> so of course my criticalness and my uh, goes along with my sarcasm right so resonating there is a mathematical um, scientific um, concept called resonance and resonant frequency and structures have that there's a famous I think it's called the Tacoma Bridge video and it's kind of weird like the wind was blowing the, over the bridge just right and it resonated with the freak natural frequency of the bridge and the video shows how the bridge was just getting ripped apart and uh, that was probably like in the 60s or 70s so so engineers can actually build things structures that have a, a, a natural frequency a resonant frequency such that if they get excited by it you know it's kind of funny how words and messages and people speaking can resonate or excite they they hit you and, and they they vibrate now there's i met a woman who's like really into like these spiritual things and talks about vibration a lot and it's kind of freaky because i don't that's that's not really my thing <laughs> i don't know what that is but this vibration but i think it what's more relatable to me i can't it's hard for me to relate to that but maybe it's just that they don't articulate it in a way that that i receive that kind of discussion but to, to talk about vibration or resonating with you that re this really resonates with you um it comes down to articulating a message or an idea in a language that you understand and uh oh that that also brings up a beautiful experience the language that we have and uh so probably more than likely we probably all think we share the same language even though we speak in english but uh you know maybe there's some definitions and talking that we don't really understand each other all the time so i uh had the good fortune to spend five years in Germany and learning German. I previously tried to learn some French. And what I, I take away from those experiences is that so often I started out trying to translate everything and it, and it, uh, it comes down to thinking in the language. It's, uh, it, you have to build up enough vocabulary to start listening to people speak in the whatever language it is french or german and then be able to comprehend it in your head again so this is this related to resonating or vibration or natural frequencies or it's it's your sounds and your voice and expressions it comes from the the, the brain of concepts and we just we just our brains are such neutral when we're in our natural language so if someone says i you know I, can i have a cup of coffee it's you're probably standing by a coffee machine and or that coffee's available so you just do it you know you just so you say i want a cup of coffee please or and it just the, the communication is so
fast. And if people are want to want to comply with your request, uh, we'll get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> so, so, and that's language though too. So, and you go to another. Um, obviously, they drink coffee in France and in Germany, and so you know in your your body says I want coffee so you kind of have to figure out how do I ask for coffee and milk and do you want sugar and so forth so you got to build up that vocabulary in these day-to-day living things but you it has to end up being a thinking and just emerging into that language so spiritually I'm not a I'm grounded. I believe that the um, Christianity is is the um, best description of what's going on, right? So it makes sense that with all the crap in the world that basically man's evil is just a matter of how many degrees of evil are we. <laughs> so... <laughs> And fortunately, most of us are just a little little bit selfish, a little bit evil, right? But then you got some people that are really evil and they want to lead other people into evil to carry out their bigger evil deeds. So, but uh, that best explains it, doesn't it? Right? I mean, why is there evil in the world? Well, because we're all evil. (laughs) So, unfortunately... A lot of organized religions give the impression that by believing certain things or hanging out with them, you're going to magically get rid of your evil in your heart and soul. And it's, uh, we just are full of it. (laughs) So we can't get rid of it. I mean, and that's the, perhaps the philosophy theology doctrine if you want if you will of the message that we say God gives us through the Jewish people in the Old Testament and also into the New Testament with um, Christ and my favorite is Paul who's uh, I, I have said and probably will keep saying that he's the most relatable guy because he wasn't a disciple, and uh, he was called after all the major events. Which today, I think either today or the last couple of days, I was thinking about the cross, and I, I talked about the noetic effects of sins that none of us really have it all figured out or how to articulate things, and. I guess I just heard so many sermons. I, like I said, 2,000 or something messages. And I listen. I, I mean, and I'm like, if I'm going to sit here for 30 minutes or 40, I'm going to listen try to figure out what they're trying to say. But there, there's so much cross things. And even some of the music. Take it to the cross. And I kind of think that's a bit off, off pace. Um... And I was thinking about the, the 40 days that Christ was on earth. And I, I, there's a lot of people talk about the resurrection, of course. It's huge, right? But to me, the ascension, the ascension is like really cool. 
and it's not just cool I think it's critical and well and Jesus said it was critical for him to go away to send his Holy Spirit but before we even get to that you got the 40 days and um, so I wrote down in my journal there's a football quarterback I think it's Jeff Cousins something Cousins he's with the Washington Redskins and one time he won a football game and he ran into the locker room and he's like do you like that did you like that and he was he was kind of you know exuberating like hey we just won this football game did you like that and uh i was like well so jesus gets resurrected he's resurrected and he shows up to these guys the you know the, the um, disciples and few I guess they they say like 500 other people like somebody was counting I guess but um, he didn't he didn't he wasn't running around going hey I'm resurrected do you like that did you like that hey what'd you think of the cross man did you see me did you see me up there I was hanging on the cross hey it's the cross come look at the cross I, I just dawned on me he didn't do that for 40 days. It's kind of like, well, you know, that's what our organized religious leaders do a lot is they go, oh, oh, look at the cross. And he, he took my place on the cross as a concept that gets repeated. And I think that's a wrong concept. And here's why. We're, we're all dying. We're all going to die. It's not like, it's not like, um, we need to be crucified on a cross, on a Roman cross. We're, we're dead. We're dying. We're going to die. So that, that doesn't communicate beneficial information. It, it, if someone says, well, Jesus took your place on the cross. And I'm like, I don't know if that's really the message that's helpful or even true. Because he, he didn't take our place on the cross, or you know, it needs more artic- it needs more articulation or explanation. I mean, I, I guess you could say you could see it if we don't have to. I don't. I, we're dying. I mean, that's all I could say is we are dying. Whether it's on a cross or car accident or natural causes, we are going to go through a painful death at some point, and. If we have faith, we'll probably enter it well. And a gentleman named Charles Krauthammer passed away the other day, and he he let people know he was passing away a couple weeks ago, and he's been sick. And independent of any of his views politically, I mean, just people have made comments such that, well, it was really nice of him to let them know that we could celebrate his life before he leaves. So... Anyways, where am I going with that? Back to the ascension. So Jesus is here for 40 days, and he's not, he's not beating his chest and going, yeah, look at that. What do you think of that? Died on the cross, huh? What do you think of that? Hey, man, I raised. What do you think of that? <laughs> so, and, that, and that's, that's what you, we would, based on what we hear today with all this cross worship, that's what uh, 
what you'd think Jesus would be doing. But I, I think this is where I feel it's off base. And I don't, I don't think it's heresy. It's just I think people interpret it that way. I think it, certainly Paul writes about the cross, and it's, a, and it's an important event. But it's an event in the past, and I think people, people keep bringing it back like we need to look at it over and over again, over and over again. And I think we're not living enough. I mean, I don't think we're living in that resurrected power. I think I was probably reading Ephesians this morning, but it, it, there's so much power that Paul talks about, the power of God and the awakening and the new life and the spirit that breathes into us, awakens us. I think that needs to be more of the emphasis of what we talk about. And there, there's little pieces of it once in a while you get a little bit but then it's back to the cross it's back to it's back to he took my sins and he which in the legalistic for in the in a in a good sense of legalism yeah jesus died on the cross and we were already sinners and we are sinners and we're going to be sinners and we're polluted we have our bodies decay in this condition, we all accept it because that's what we see. 100% of the people that have been on the earth have died. So, and with the exception of Jesus, and that's where faith comes in. And um, so we got to live. And I, and I don't always live. I get preoccupied with thoughts, but it, it's it's not to... It's, it's my favorite guy, John Orberg, again. We're tempted to live outside the moment, and when we fail to realize that, or when we are living outside the moment, well, stop and get back into the game again. Get back, not the game, but get back into living in the present time and the moment. And uh, that's where God's presence is so important to keep repeating that. It's like, well, there's a rabbit, you know, and Buddy's looking at the rabbit, and, and this is God's creation. And Buddy's just naturally interested in the rabbit. And now we're at the gate. And other things probably getting excited because then he thinks there's always a rabbit or a toad on the other side of this gate thing here. So now I'm going to open this gate. Well, it's already open. And he's probably going to go, whoop, yep, there he goes. There's a rabbit. <laughs> and he's, he's ready to go. So the, the, the God's presence, or like I like to say, the, I play around with Latin a bit. Very rudimentary Latin. I don't really know Latin, but I can Google it. But Coram Deu. Coram Deu. Or Deo. Probably Coram Deo. C-O-R-A-M. Deo. D-E-A-O. Or D-E-O. So the Coram Deo is... God's presence, Deo being God, and Coram is the presence. And Jesus is up at the right hand of the Father, so many people use the expression that Jesus is in our heart, which I know Paul does say that Christ lives in us and we are in Christ. My preference is to think about the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is with us and that Jesus really is at the right hand of God. So 
to me that makes a lot of sense, but it is a bit complicated because Paul does write that we that Christ lives in us. So and um, yeah, I'll think about that some more. <laughs> I don't Isn't it great? Let's just not have answers for everything, right? I mean, this is, is this a sermon? Is this a, a message in church? Yeah, why not? It is a bit different. It's not what's expected. What's expected is a finely prepared, thought out, hours poured into it. No, I'm just preaching uh, some theology, whatever you want to call it, doctrine, while walking the dog. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if Jesus, I mean, that gave me visions of Jesus and the 12 disciples walking all over Israel. And he was teaching and talking, and I don't know what he was doing, but one thing I know for sure is the guys didn't get it, and he knew they weren't getting it. So, uh, and I love that part about it. And it's lonely. Jesus must have been, he was lonely, but he was kind of weird because he had the guys around him and people, and but they just don't get it. We don't get it. We still don't get it. We get a little bit. And what are we supposed to do? We saw a few tweets on the Great Commission again today, which the Great Commission is a, I say it's a fabricated concept. It's, it's language. It's two words, Great Commission. And it, it generates emotional appeal. And um, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't even like that some people use the term gospel so much that I, I don't know what, what they're talking about. Are they talking about what I think the simple message of the gospel is, which is we're all messed up, we're all sinners, that's just the way it is. And yes, Christ came. The good news is that we got booted out of the garden and now by faith, we're going to live forever. And um, I'm getting more comfortable with that concept because we are going to enter into that. And we're like, you know, we're kind of like fish in water, like right now. This is our, our condition. Limited knowledge and so forth because we're in the water. Hi. Hi. Yeah, well, it's, it finally cools down I to know, 100. I know, I know. I know true. Cools, right. cools down to 100. How you doing? It's crazy. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. We're doing good. Um, yeah, so thanks for stopping. But yeah, I should. Christine's is is pretty sick, so yeah. But okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah, she's home now. Yeah, but she's got the next four months. She's gonna be pretty, well, pretty please, sick. Please, yeah. We're, we're gonna be away from next Friday for a few days and yeah. Back home, but in the meantime, if you need anything, just let me know. Yeah, no, we we we're, yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot. That I feel kind of weird not telling people, but no, you know, right. yeah. But you guys go out, have a good night tonight. Thank you. Stay inside. Oh, you too. All right, bye. <laughs>
So where was that the, a big theological moment when a hybrid stopped? Did you hear the engine cut off? There you go. Quiet cars. No internal combustion engine. Anyway, um, dang. Really good theological moment there. Cross. Spirit. Faith. was it? I just wanted to interact with the neighbors, their newer, newer neighbors, and I just thought I'd say hi to them, and I didn't want to go into details. It's 100 degrees out, and they opened their windows. <laughs> this is Arizona, people. You open that window in that air-conditioned car, it's like, what am I doing? So, um, almost home. And uh, uh, living and not talking about the cross all the time. We're dead anyway. We're going to die. Jesus didn't take our place on the cross. And that is a sacrilegious comment for the circles I hang out with. That Jesus did not take our place on the cross. And I think that's, we hear, I've heard it so much, and I think it's fundamentally incorrect that it's probably mind-blowing because essentially, if we stop saying that Jesus took our place on the cross and say, no, we're all dying, we're all going to die, he died on the cross so that we could live forever, and living forever starts now. So we're living forever now, and we can love people, and we can physically die tomorrow, but we can also have the assurance that we're gonna live forever. So, and this podcast won't have enough to go into that other controversial subject. I don't know if I'll even remember to get back to it, but the other controversial subject is like, well, some people are going to hell, and, <laughs> and if you don't believe the way we do, you're going to hell. And the Great Commission is, go tell people they're going to hell. <laughs> I just, I have to laugh about it now because I just, it just doesn't make sense, right? Does it, does it really make sense? And yeah, there's some confusing passages maybe, or not even confusing. Maybe they're, maybe to many people, they're pretty straightforward, like people are going to hell. I don't know. I, I, it looks like it. But I tell you what, let's see. Does does it really matter to us? I mean, does it really if we know for a fact that a lot of people are going to hell, if that's that's what the general consensus is, what difference does it make? <laughs> I think they, the people that love to talk about that, they think that's going to motivate us to go tell people about the gospel. And I think that might be the wrong thing. I'm starting to think that um, I, I know I have faith because someone um, loved me in a way that said, hey, you're lovable because God loves you. You know, I'm lovable and everybody's lovable because God loves us. 
And, it, and so that kind of hit me like, well, I know all these true, quote unquote, truths or doctrines or concepts of um, the sin and Christ's being a substitution and reconciling us to God and so forth. And that that's reconciling us to God is good. That's awesome. That's that's that is good. That's true. But it's not doesn't mean that we were supposed that we we were going to the choices die on the cross. And uh, that we had to go to the cross. Everybody had to go to the cross. Um, it's just that's the way he was lifted up. There's some imagery there from Moses. Lift up the, the staff in the Old Testament. Here, bud, come on around. I washed your feet. Just got to dry them off. And uh, so, yeah, this was a... Somehow we stumbled into some theological discussions here, folks. And I don't know if it's... Hopefully it's a blessing to people or cause you to think a bit. And I'm not trying to be right. I'm just trying to be helpful. <laughs> maybe maybe that's a good good uh, tagline. The podcast where we're not trying to be right. We're trying to be helpful. So there you go. I hope you are helped. I hope you are encouraged. I hope you know that God loves you. And uh, he loves everyone always. I love that concept because I haven't lived that way before, but I know it's a better way to live. And it's also great to forgive people because most of us don't know what we're doing, right? So with that, you are ready to get back to your regularly scheduled program called your life.